Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. number 30 with Audiobook Revolution. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and business coach, and I've decided to bring on other successful entrepreneurs to share their story and how they're helping others to do the impossible. Today, my guest is Richard Riemann. He is an Audible-approved audiobook narrator. He's an audiobook producer, professionally trained voice actor, and author of The Author's Guide to Audiobook Creation. Welcome, Richard, to the show. Thank you very much, Amy. Great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on because I think that this is something that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to book production. They think, okay, I write a book, I get a book out there, but then if I want to do an audiobook, how does that even work? And I would really like to start with how you got started in what you do today because I know that you have you know, an amazing past and I'm wondering if you can share a little bit of your journey with us. Sure. It all started in the library. Um, when I was five years old, my older sister, Kathy, took me to the library for the first time. And when I walked in and I saw all these books, I was just amazed. And Kathy told me, and you can take five home free at any time. And I was hooked. Um, and <clears throat> of course, books and audiobooks. Um, uh, are tied together eventually, but my first thing was tying it to comic books. I really wanted to be Superman, uh, but I couldn't fly. So I decided I would be Clark Kent and be a reporter. And that's actually what I became, a radio news reporter, starting at uh, uh, Southern Illinois University, WLS in Chicago, WMAQ in Chicago, and eventually the RKO Radio Network, where I was both the news anchor and the Washington bureau chief. Uh, all through that, it was my love of books that got me started. So what compelled you to become a voiceover and record audiobooks specifically? Well, I always loved reading to my kids in wizard voices and monster voices and things like that. I was comfortable in front of a microphone through radio. I knew how to edit uh, basically. So I decided to combine my skills after I left radio to create audiobooks, narrate audiobooks, and I turned it into a full-blown business. So what hurdles did you face in starting your business and how did you overcome them? Well, the toughest hurdle really is once again reinventing yourself. And, you know, I've done that several times in my life, and I'm sure many other entrepreneurs who are listening have done the same. And I wanted to find something that I really loved to do. And I decided, okay, I've been a, an actor since high school. I can combine that acting with the voice work that I've done. And so uh, I went to a professional uh, voice uh, coach, and she told me, okay, you sound really good reading out loud, but that's not what audiobook narration is about. Audiobook narration is acting the characters, voicing the characters, you know, getting out of your own skin and not talking to everybody out there, 
when you're in front of a microphone, but talking to just the one person who's listening. And so I really dedicated myself to learn not only how to narrate and get good coaching, but also how to turn it into a money-making business by helping other authors. I wrote my own book, helping other authors create an audio book and give their words a voice. So does it make sense to turn all books into audio books? Not all. Um, there are photography books. There are cooking books with lots of recipes. Uh, there are textbooks that don't belong in audio. But for the most part, almost every book out there can be turned into an audio book. Right now, mysteries and thrillers are number one. Romance is always a top category in audiobooks, and the fastest growing category is young adult, because we have a generation growing up with earbuds in their ears, um, and they consider audiobooks just a long podcast, and it's getting a lot of young people into books by listening to them, not just reading them. Yeah, I think that's great. Tell me about your book, The Author's Guide to Audiobook Creation. Who's your book geared towards and who does it help? My book is geared toward independent authors, uh, independently published indie authors, sometimes called self-published, but it usually takes a team to put together a book. And they are my target audience. I'm in every I'm in Denver, and I'm in every local author's group that I can find and meeting authors and saying, I can help you give a voice to your book, uh, whether it's mine or we find a great narrator for you. And, you know, here are some samples of what I've done. Here's a book where I did, you know, 35 different characters, 35 different voices. And... You know, even going back to reading stories to my children in my wizard voice, I have used that wizard voice again and again because I based it on, here's a little secret tip of audiobook narrators, I based it on a character in Harry Potter, of course, mm-hmm. Ollivander in the wand shop. You know, Hattie, so good to see you, Hattie. You know, I gave your parents their wand. And so that became my wizard voice and also a voice I do when I do children's book, like uh, the Toothless Fairy uh, in my storyteller voice. Once upon a time, there was a fairy who had but one tooth. And then, of course, you know, doing accents, uh, you know, sometimes I've got to do a southern accent, be a cowboy. Uh, sometimes I have to do a German accent, a Russian accent, uh, everything you can think of. I've been a nine-year-old boy in a haunted furniture store. Did that chair just talk to me? Um, so it's a lot of fun. And the author's guide to audiobook creation, I took all of what I've learned and am applying that to teaching authors to how to do it themselves, how to go on Audible's ACX, which are both owned by Amazon, 
It's the audiobook creation exchange where you can find a narrator or if you record yourself, bring your files to them to distribute. And it gives tips on everything from how to find a great narrator, mistakes to avoid, <laughs> looking uh, to create your audiobook. If you decide to do it yourself, here's the equipment you need and some tips there. And basically, you know, filled with lots of information that by the time you end reading the book, you will know how to do an audiobook and also how to do an audiobook that makes money. So what are some roadblocks that people have experienced in creating audiobooks? Well, the first roadblock is believing that nah, not many people listen to audiobooks. Well, 46% of people now listen to audiobooks. That has grown dramatically the past several years because the cost of creating an audiobook has dropped. You no longer have to go into a fancy recording studio or hire a top, you know, $300 per finished hour audiobook narrator. So the costs has come down. And there's also something I cover in my book, which is royalty share, where you and your narrator are partners in the audiobook process and you share the royalties from sales 50-50 with no investment up front. And that's what I used to create my first online course, which was uh, uh, create a caviar audiobook on a tuna fish budget. Because <laughs> that is the major hurdle, is the cost of creating an audiobook. Because it does cost sometimes $1,000 or $2,000 rather than costing twenty or $30,000 like it used to. But it's a good investment because not only are you going to sell audiobooks, you are reaching an entirely different audience for your book. And many, many people will buy both the book and the audiobook. Or, you know, not buy the audiobook, but uh, they're on Audible and they see it and they go, I, I think I want to read that one and buy books. And it can be a moneymaker. One of my recent books about an Auschwitz survivor, Auschwitz number 34207, the Joe Rubenstein story, has now sold almost 4,000 copies and at, you know, $25 per audiobook. So, you know, of course it can make money. In that case, we did something special. Joe Rubenstein is still alive here in the Denver area and in his 90s. We brought Joe into the recording studio and had him record the first line of every chapter where he would start out, I saw it with mine own eyes. And then I picked up the narration from there. It was very impactful and dramatic and I'm very proud of that one. It's won several awards. Uh, as well as selling extremely well. And, you know, the, the one thing I do know about audiobooks is like, I, I know a lot of people try to get on bestseller lists and, and they do count for that. I've also seen some people that try to just do audio by themselves without really knowing, you know, what equipment they should be using. Do you offer some of that information in your book on, on their setup and what they really need 
if they're going to try and do it themselves. Absolutely. And also, should you do it yourself? There are good reasons why, like a memoir that is very personal and uh, a business book that, you know, you're using to promote your business. But um, why not? Why not just use a narrator? Um, it's, uh, you know, basically you're dealing with a professional then because it's not the recording part that's the toughest part. It's the editing of the audio. Yeah. So you're probably going to end up paying uh, an editor uh, to you know, make your audio um, not just meet the standards for Audible, uh, but also you know, have that um, type of sound using compression and things like that to make it sound just as good as the best, you know, Macmillan books uh, audio that, that's out there. So it's, uh, that's the first decision you really have to make. And if you're recording from home, you know, do a test. Basically, I take this from my audiobook coach, uh, Sean Pratt. And who has done 1,000 audiobooks. Wow. He, yeah, Sean says, go into a closet and just, you know, record on your telephone, on your phone. And record for 20 minutes straight. Um, see what kind of mistakes you make. Listen back. Are you talking to one person or are you reading out loud? The difference between reading out loud, I am saying this, and I'm reading this, and I sound like it, versus now I'm not reading out loud. I'm talking to you. And this is the way you have to present. So unless you have a public speaking background, or an acting background, or, you know, some sort of training, even you know, teachers do well uh, for speaking to begin with. I always advise people to either get a narrator or do a hybrid. And a hybrid means you do the introduction and the close and you have a professional narrator do the rest of the book. That way you're co-narrator of your own book. And a lot of business authors do this. Tony Robbins is one I can name that have, you know, he does the short introduction and the heavy lifting is all done by uh, a narrator. So that's a great option for getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, there are a lot of people that even if they try to do, they're in a local play just for fun and they don't have any acting experience. And it does sound like they're just reading. Mm -hmm. And you're right. When, if you listen to an audiobook, the last thing you want to hear is just somebody reading a book. <laughs> I know. Things we yeah. don't think about. You really don't want to get bad reviews for your audiobook because they didn't like the presentation. You know, the, the sound of your voice, your delivery, all those types of things. You want it to sound really good because remember, somebody's going to be listening for hours. So anything that irritates them will drive them away uh, from listening to your audiobook. But I do help authors record their own audiobooks in a local recording studio here in Denver, Postmodern Studios, where I direct them. We have an engineer 
and I'm the director who will tell them, you know, let's do that over and slow it down a little bit, you know, giving instructions along the way. And those books have turned out really well. And we also have the capability through Postmodern to record remotely. We give people the instructions for which microphone would be best for their setup, where they should record acoustically, how to improve that. And we record them uh, by using uh, IPDTL. And I know it sounds fancy, but what it means is you get studio quality audio over a Chrome browser uh, that we record at our end and our engineer or the director, me, can talk to you through your headphones at home or at your office and give you that direction along the way and just record and then edit the finished project. So it's becoming easier and easier to record your own audiobook. So you also have an online course for creating audiobooks. Who's that program for and uh, how can it help them? I decided that, you know, writing a book was a good start, but how do I reach more authors than I'm reaching in my one-to-one consultations? Obviously, I'm very limited on the number of, of authors I can work with at any given time. I'm working with eight at the moment. So how do I reach that bigger audience of the indie published authors and let them know in detail what's in my book, which is basically exactly what we've been talking about, how to record, uh, whether you should record tips on selling the audiobook, tips on getting reviews, and put it up in a format where people can see videos I've recorded on all those topics, about 30, 40 topics, you know, little five-minute videos, and I will explain to them exactly what to do and give them feedback and have them join my private Facebook group. And I can do all this through Thinkific, which is an online learning platform that allows me to show my screen as well as be on screen as necessary so I can walk people through here are the 16 steps you need to take, 16 decisions you need to make when putting an audiobook up on ACX for Audible. And I tell them about wider distribution, not going through ACX. What are the ways to get your book into libraries, your audiobook, uh, how to get it in Walmart, things like that. So online courses are a great way to have people learn at their own pace on their own time. And the information will always be there for them to go back and review. And there's much more than I could you know, possibly put in my book. That's really good. I'm going to mention all of your links so that people can get access to, to know where to get your book and where to get your online courses. But first, I want to ask you a couple of personal questions. What profession other than your uh, current one would you possibly ever attempt? If you weren't doing voiceover work, what would you be doing? I would love to be a stage actor full-time. Acting is in my blood and uh, I, I have done 
some onstage work, but uh, and some improv at the 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 uh, Voodoo Comedy Playhouse here in Denver, doing improv, which has helped me greatly. And I just love that live audience experience. So instead of you know working from home, which is great. I have a booth where I record, so I have a very short commute to my booth, and you know I'm doing all my my work from home. I you know would also like to get out there and do uh, some acting on stage. That's really neat. You know, I used to do a little bit of that myself, and I really love theater sports. You know, where mm-hmm. they just tell you, okay, act act out whatever you know. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably one of the, the funnest games. <laughs> and and I, I discovered that I can remember lines from plays I did in high school. Oh, really? You know, it's just yeah, once I memorize it, it just, you know, sticks yeah. with all those song lyrics that are there also. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I can go back. I did uh, Inherit the Wind in high school. Okay. I believe in something, the human mind, in a child's power to master, I can't, yeah, so I don't remember it too well, but uh, But (laughs) to me, I haven't done it in 10 years. Yeah, those little pieces, though, they stick with you. The pieces are there, and uh, it's just a a ton of fun. So, yes, that would be my uh, second choice. But what I've chosen is something I love to do. And I hope everybody gets a chance to do that. I mean, sure, along the way, you will have to take jobs to make a living, but really focus on what you like to do, what you love to do, and try to figure out a way to make that your money-making venture. You know, that's what I've been able to do. And I really tell people, you know, be able to pivot to something new and pivot in the direction of the stuff you really want to do, not have to do. And that makes a huge difference in your daily happiness <laughs> quotient yeah. and also whether you feel fulfilled in what you're doing. 100%. So what has been your truth that you have held fast to as you've moved forward and succeeded in your business? Well, just what we were talking about is I wanted to do something that I knew I would love doing something that combined skills from other things I'd been doing like radio news. I mean, I loved radio. I had the experience of witnessing some of, you know, incredible events when I was in radio news, I was at Roosevelt hospital in New York when the doctor came out and shocked everybody by saying John Lennon was dead on arrival and everybody in that room, even the reporters just gasped and some started crying. And then I went to the Dakota where John had lived and died and there were people jamming the streets there and they were all singing. All we are saying is give peace a chance and just, being able to live those moments has been wonderful for me. But radio has kind of, radio news has changed a lot, uh, especially since uh, deregulation 
took effect, which means that radio stations didn't have to carry news anymore. And within six months, 90% of radio stations in America stopped carrying news, whether it was a network news broadcast or a local news broadcast. And uh, suddenly there was a sidekick in the morning doing the, the news. And uh, some music radio stations, no, no news at all. So that made a dramatic difference. And it also shrunk the job market for me. So I had to make a decision, okay, if radio isn't there for me, what else can I do? And I pivoted to putting radio stations on the internet and created a company to do that. And, you know, that went well. I sold that company and I said, okay, what else can I do? And that's when I became an audiobook narrator and producer. And so success in the business, if you really do things that will uh, be valuable in the long term, don't just think about today and tomorrow and, you know, what you're doing in your job now. Make some plans. Get some professional counseling as far as how to do what you want to do well, which will save you an incredible amount of time in not making the same mistakes that everybody makes when they start a new profession, uh, a new entrepreneurial profession especially. Yeah. You really should go and invest in yourself. Invest in training coaching, acting classes in my case, all the things that will help you reach that goal, which is to make money doing what you like to do. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out as an entrepreneur, what would it be? Don't quit. Be able to pivot, as I mentioned, as quickly as possible. Losing a job is horrible. And, you know, I been laid off several times, um, use that as saying, okay, well, this is my uh, chance to do something else. And I always was pointed in the direction of doing things I wanted to do, not things I had to do. Of course, sometimes you have to take a job to bring in a paycheck, but still work toward what you want to do and be persistent Get the coaching that you need uh, in that direction because there are a lot of good, experienced people out there who have worked with entrepreneurs getting started and, you know, reach out to them. And it is worth paying for good advice, you know, from the top people who do what you do. Yeah. Uh, even if you're a plumber going independently, uh, you know, leaving a company and creating your own business, uh, find a mentor who has done it before, who has made the mistakes before and can keep you from making the same mistakes and give you lots of really good tips on how to be successful quickly. Yeah. So that persistence is very important. Being confident even when, you know, you've lost your job, your fault or not, to say, okay, that chapter is over. Let's start the next chapter. You know, your life is a book and it's going to have many different chapters and you are going to be able to change 
and grow and hopefully you know, do something you love. So I do want to mention for those who are listening, you can visit Richard's website at audiobookrevolution.com and his masterclass online course, if you want more information about that, is audiobookmasterclass.com. And uh, if you want to get a copy of his book, The Author's Guide to Audiobook Creation, it is on Amazon. And I will also put all these links on my website. Richard, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a, a really fun to listen to your story and really learn a little bit more about you know, creating an audiobook and taking some of that overwhelm of even the idea of creating something like that. I know that there's so many you know, unknowns when you're coming from the perspective of having no experience whatsoever. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this information with us. Thank you, Amy. And I hope it uh, motivates people, especially authors, to give their books a voice because it really is a different experience. It's a different art form than writing your book. And if you've written a book, you've already done all the heavy lifting. Uh, basically, uh, now it's time to take those words you've written and find the absolute best voice for them. And it's something that it will be part of your legacy and grow your fan base. So thank you, Amy, for having me on. And if you're listening, if you want more information about my podcast, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful week.